time kills all deals. So the easier you can make it for your, for your prospect to reduce that friction and to get them in there quicker, better it is. Welcome to another episode of Marketers Talking Marketing. Today, we're joined with Steven, and we are going to talk about how you can drive more demo requests as a company. But first, Steven, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Hi, so thanks for having me. So I'm a B2B SaaS marketer. I've been for the past 10 years and worked for several different SaaS tech startups uh, in a few different verticals, EdTech more recently, a uh, little property tech, a marketing technology company, and that tech as well. So a bit of a mix. And November, I decided to go out on my own after sort of five years working for my last uh, company. Awesome. And it sounds like within that, you've really found that, I mean, I, I can say firsthand too, as a marketer, demo requests are always the number one thing people want, regardless of size of the company, stage you're at. Sellers always want more at-bats coming in to the website. And usually demo requests are the tool of the trade for SaaS. Um, what are some spots that people can start when they're thinking about increasing that demo request volume? I think the first the first thing is is probably not the sexy part, and you know we can we can sort of get into you know traffic and and sort of website optimization and so on. But I think that first things first is to really nail your process because if the process isn't working, if it's not optimized, then you're really literally going to be losing money um, through those revenue leaks in that process. And, you and know, we talk about the process, are you talking about like getting that demo request to the seller? Yes, exactly. On the so, operation side, yeah. So I think about a, a demo is really, and I, I call it really a, a demo acquisition process, and it's really end-to-end from how we introduce calls to action on our landing pages and in our campaigns, in our demand gen campaigns, right the way through through how we process them, how we hand over to sales, how we manage the leads within our CRM, and then how we just nail that demo and deliver an exceptional demo that really sets up the the, the sale. So it's it's really end to end. And I think that 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 as soon as someone converts on your landing page, at that point Everything after that has to be optimized first. Now, lots of marketers, you know, I talk to will say, yeah, 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 it's optimized. And then you dig into it, you know, they think they've got a really good process and think they hand over to sales well. They've got good notification. That's great. They've got a campaign set up and and, and it works really well. But often it's kind of, it's gone. Oh, I'm laughing though when you say that because I've firsthand been at a company that from the outside you would think has their shit together completely. Large company, fantastic sales team, great marketing team. And when I got there, I was like, oh no, stuff doesn't actually route. There's so many companies that think that they have their systems well. And then when you look at it really with a with a fine tooth comb, you're like, oh no, you're not actually doing lead to account matching. You're not routing properly to your reps. Maybe you're routing, but you're not enabling them to actually follow up. You're not having alerting. You know, it's it's really easy to say it's done well, but if you sit down and really look at your program subjectively, do you have all those gaps filled? I would challenge everyone to look at your program because I, there could be ways to still optimize it. Yeah, agree, hundred percent. I think you know, there's 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 so much that, that's going on within that whole process. You've got so many teams involved. You've got marketing. Uh, and there's there's probably multiple people within your marketing team that that's got that's running part of that operation as well. Whether you're running performance ads, whether you're running you know email marketing campaigns, remarketing campaigns, 
there will be multiple individuals in your marketing team involved. And then you've got, you might have a, you know, if you have a typical inside sales team of SDRs and account execs, then you've got a handover there as well. And so, you, you know, there has to be part documented process. There's parts automation set up within your marketing automation platform. If you're using something like HubSpot, uh, Pardasal, and then a separate CRM, then that that sort of lead management has to be set up well as well. And, you know, and I really would encourage people to look at every single part of that. And I think on a high level, yes, there's there's a process there and it generally works very well. But if you're at a point where you're, you want to scale and you want to start driving more traffic and more awareness and, and that is going to scale, then you may start to see gaps in that process it's easy to handle when there's you know one or two reps one or two sellers and then you've got a small marketing team and the numbers are big to start with and they won't be but as that grows you'll start to see unfortunately you will start to see some gaps in that process and those leaks will cost you money and you've got to plug those leaks and so i say start plug the leaks first get the process down paths and optimized before you start throwing traffic at, at you know at, at your landing pages, which which may cost and it will cost you in some some point in whether that's in ad dollars, whether that's in man hours, in writing campaigns and building campaigns and you know optimizing those campaigns. But there's there's time and money that's going in to you know driving traffic to those pages. So it's you know, you're doing yourself a you know disjustice really to to sort of not have that process um, set up. And there are some, you know, really specific parts of the demo process that are, that need a bit more attention as well. And, and w- that will also cause you, cause you issues potentially as it all scales as well. And that, you know, I think a couple of those areas are one is really that, that sort of that conversion to a demo or a demo request, and I want to talk about demo models in, in a second, to an actual booked demo in a calendar, and then also meeting no-shows and cancellations and what you do about those. And so, you know, that's that's when we get into talking to clients and, you know, we, we start talking about no-shows. Small volume, they might not have any, but as the volume increases, the no-shows increase. And so it's just having some simple, you know, processes, tactics that we can call on. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I use maybe six, seven different tactics to really minimize no-shows um, and manage those cancellations. Some are automated, some are manual. Um, big fan of automating them. I don't propose that that every business starts with all six or seven it's overkill because you know to begin with you might not have an issue but just at least know how you can minimize them and have that little toolkit there that you can kind of pull on to sort of minimize that as you um, go through the process i think the rise in product-led growth and companies still finding that balance of when do we when do we hand this off to the rep or when does the seller need to get involved likely would increase those no-shows because I see a lot of companies institute it, including, and not even just for product-led growth as I say this, I've heard it come from enterprise-driven sales motions too, where sellers have wanted to, to allow a prospect to book a meeting 
on the contact page. So instead of contacting and getting back to set the meeting, let them set the meeting right away on the calendar. But those no-show rates, I imagine, are quite a bit higher than someone who you're going through an actual conversation via email to set a meeting with. Yeah, they, they, they can be. I mean, there, there are a number of tools and a number of ways that you can kind of mitigate that. And I am a, a fan of not getting in the way of a prospect booking a demo. Uh, you know, it's uh, and having that, using that app, um, you know, whether you use something like Calendly, HubSpot meetings, or something a little bit more advanced like Chili Piper, but just not getting in the way of your customer. And I think a lot of companies, you know, that 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 sort of old, I feel, and a little bit of outdated model of a discovery call just really puts friction in the way of the customer. And it can frustrate a customer as well. You know, if you've got, you know, that process, and I've been through that, you know, because this has become my kind of life's work for the last five years, I've been on so many demos and had so many discovery calls that it's frustrating or it can be frustrating if it's not managed well, if you don't set the expectations on the landing page and follow through with that process. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have a discovery call, make sure it's it's clear that it's going to be a discovery call. Then on the thank you page, have some messaging that says something along the lines of, you know, we're, you know, someone will be in touch to schedule a discovery call and then we'll do this, that and the other, and then we'll book, you know, before we book the demo. So make it clear, set those expectations on the landing page and follow through with that in your thank you page, your kickback email and everything. So it's consistent. So because otherwise what I see often is it's a discovery call the call to actually book a demo so think about it from your prospects point of view they think they're going to get a demo then they jump on a call with an SDR who has a five minute conversation very often it's real really core qualification and you know it's you know for all those that like the discovery call I've been on so many that there's nothing in any of those calls that they couldn't have taken on the form and yeah. you know, it's if you, you really do because the, the 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 argument for discovery call is really qualification. It's right person. Are you speaking to the decision maker? And I get that, of course. You don't want your senior salespeople on um disco- on demos with you know poor qualified or non decision makers. I do understand that. Uh, have they got budget, right time, etc. But we can get a lot of that information from the form you know something like chili piper is super super useful and valuable because what you can do with that is it integrates with your crm so you can see who it is that's booking the demo and if it's not the right fit you can route them to an sdr have a discovery call and if they're not you can you know if they're the right fit right person have the demo don't get in the way i think discovery calls get in the way remove the friction yeah and let your prospect book the demo I have had a couple vendor calls in the past where I've been, I researched, I decided I wanted to buy the product and I reached out and I thought I had a demo booked and it was like a 30 minute meeting. So I assumed it was a demo versus like a 15 minute short intro call. And then we got on and I was like ready to demo and they're like, oh no, no, we need to like talk through it. And they couldn't answer any of my questions because it often is like an SDR who isn't your technical expertise with it yeah i mean i I, so the couple of couple of sort of examples in my last role when i first started we used to run discovery calls and the same thing and i think feedback from sales was that you know they were you know prospects were jumping on discovery call and they were they were getting frustrated that it wasn't a demo they were going to have to wait another week and we struggled 
And this is, again, based on your ICPs. If you struggle to get meetings, to get time with busy people, and then you've got to you've got to you've got to try and fight for time in diaries to get another meeting for the actual demo. It's going to frustrate people, especially if they're expecting a demo. And I've done the same thing quite recently, probably within the last year, had a demo with somebody that sold scheduling software because I this was what I was looking to, to use. Had a thought that I was getting the demo, and then I was on holiday the next week. So I was going to have to wait another two weeks to actually get the demo, and I just didn't bother in the end. And so it's it's you know I think that that disco call is really business focused. It's you know it's kind of almost a little bit self centered about the business. It's not about your customer. I think you know remove the friction. There are there are ways and means of qualification that that you can use to to sort of help you um, a bit in that process. I've been seeing more companies also do on-demand or live demos. And so the call almost becomes, if you have questions about purchasing, I'm here to support that, but I'm not going to do like a live demo with you. Like here's all the pre-recorded content you could ever need. And I kind of like it because I can peruse at my own leisure, but I also kind of hate it because <laughs> I want yeah, like, I, I want you to tell me <laughs> what this is. Yeah, it, it's interesting one, this this conversation. So I'm having this more and more with clients with, uh, um, and also online with other marketers. And I, I, this is something that I haven't tested. I want to test myself in a bit more earnest and get a bit more data on. I, I think, you know, I've got this, I get, I'm feeling there's pros and cons for each. I think that you, you know, as maybe as a business, you want that sales call because, you know, I don't think that my personal opinion is, a demo is not a, shouldn't be a product tour. It's not a feature by feature. This is what we can offer. This is what we this product does. Click on that button. It does this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Your demo is a demo, and it's there to help you sell the product. It should be there to you know. It's there for the seller to sort of understand the customer's pain points, problems, and then peg that back to features so that you can sort of show how specific features not every feature will solve the specific problems that that person has that 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 business has and you you can't do that with a tool although i think more top middle of the funnel i think there really is beginning to be a place because the tech's there for having really good demos you know i'm i'm feeling that i'm getting this sort of sense that video demos so sort of like you know five minute video demo of this particular feature or maybe the whole product is it doesn't work so well but actual live interactive demos are working well but i yeah i would love to sort of you know for people to sort of chime in and, and hear what everybody else has sort of tested on this because i haven't had the opportunity to do that yet there is a i saw recently a website and it lets you do an interactive demo on the home page and so you scroll through and you have like, you know, your header and then a screenshot of the platform is what it looks like. And then it says click for interactive demo. And that entire thing is built. So when you click through, you can see it. It's, I don't think it's a live interactive demo in the sense that it's really the user like doing whatever they want. I think it's actually just loading through as a guided experience when you yeah. click on it, but it feels like you're clicking through a guided demo in the product yeah. right on the homepage. Like how, how can you better qual? how can you better 
set someone up to be qualified when they want to talk to you with yep. than that. It was a fantastic experience. Yeah, I think there's, there's you know, I'm hearing more and more now and, and actually kind of reached out to a, another SaaS company that does something very similar as well and, um, you know, waiting for a demo of that product. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot out there, I think. And, you know, yeah, I just encourage encourage people to test it. So removing friction from yep. the selling process is one. We talked about uh, setting up your processes so that data is flowing properly, it can be activated, just your whole system is is running well. You mentioned in that conversation there's frameworks for demo, frameworks for, I think you said methods, frameworks? There's different There's different demo models. And, yes, you demo know, models. We, we, we've, we've talked about them already. You know, the discovery call model is, is one one model there are four different demo models that that sort of i i teach really the discovery call model is one and i've still got clients that use that and understand why they want to use that i don't force that that opinion on them but you know just give them the options and the tools there the the next one is really a self-serve model where you just put the app the scheduling app on your page Issues with that, it can be great for really early stage, just, you know, because they'll have that, you know, if they've got HubSpot, they've got Calendly, you can just drop the, uh, the a scheduling app onto a landing page and it allows someone to just self-serve and book a demo. And I think really at that stage, you're not getting a lot of demos. You want to talk to as many people as possible and you're not going to be kind of overwhelming. And it's often the founder at that point that's doing the demo anyway. It's a great entry point. Then you can move to sort of just having a form on your page, just like a one-step opt-in landing page, and then follow up with an email or follow up with the SDR to actually schedule the demo itself. Simple, kind of fairly standard. You've got the discovery call model, which is discussed a little bit. And then there's a hybrid. And the hybrid's quite interesting because the hybrid is you have your form to book the demo. Could be a discovery call, but it's a form to book the demo. And then on the thank you page or hidden under the form, you have a scheduling app to actually then go ahead and book the time. Now, the, the, the sounds a bit counterintuitive, but it can work really well. One, because you get better attribution, because you're using a landing page form, and you also get that opportunity to, for someone to sort of just, just book, book the demo. You know, I think that, you know, one thing that prospects or companies have to think about is how ask yourself this question how easy is it to follow up and get get your prospects on the on the call if they've booked a demo or requested a demo and you've not got any kind of automated scheduling on your page how is how easy is it to follow up because not all icps will be and i've certainly had experienced that too not everybody's chained to our laptops like you and i might be jess you know we're, we're kind of not leaving our laptops not, not everybody does and so if you'd find it hard to get to follow up with over email or phone, then think, you know, just consider your options because someone can fill the form in. If you can't get on an email or phone for days and days and days, you know, buyer's heat's gone by that point. They've probably forgotten who you are. So just think about bit about the, the the process, not from your needs as a business in qualification, but also the journey from the prospects as well. Choose the right model and then set up the process. Then we can do some more exciting stuff. Time kills all deals. So the easier you can make it for your for your prospect to reduce that friction and to get them in there quicker, better it is. It always amazes me when I would see demo requests come in and then I would watch the follow-up like the SDR would reach out to them and it would take like four or five emails for them to actually book the meetings. Like you, you came to us. 
you wanted this meeting. You asked us to meet with you. Why did you ghost and then come back and they're like, yep, yeah, I'm ready. Like what, what just happened? Or poor follow-up as well. You know, I see this a lot, yeah. you know, like how long does it take you to, to sort of follow up? And, you know, we've done some, done some tests with this and, you know, you know, literally you can't do this all, or you're, you know, you can't do this all day long, but you know, I've had our sales team literally say they've seen someone book a demo, they've had their notification and then they'll email them straight back instantly. And then the demos booked. You know, you leave it, and the longer you leave it, the less likelihood you're going to get someone to sort of. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be days. You know, I've seen, you know, that follow ups take days, and I think you just after 24 hours, you know, just almost forget about it. On the marketing side, making sure that you're working with your ops team to focus on speed to lead, yeah. so that that alert gets into your seller immediately. And if you can't automate the response to just book the meeting, they're at least getting the alert right away and then having SLAs for your sales team yeah. on their turnaround time with response. Because yeah, under 24 hours makes a massive difference. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. You want to get them while their wallet's open. Yeah. <laughs> Buy his needs. Yeah. Cool. So I feel like we've, we've covered like a pretty pretty strong gambit here of things related to demos. Is there anything else we haven't talked about yet? Well, I guess, you know, there's there's maybe the more exciting stuff, which I think people want to talk about more and more, which is, it is you know, how we how, how do we book more demos? So, you know, the process is set up. It's all the stuff behind the scenes. I mean, landing pages is an interesting one as well. You know, we're sort of, we're going from sort of back to front, you know, here, I guess. But, you know, we talk now about the actual copy on the landing page. And this is an interesting one because I think, you know, what I say to, to clients is, you know, sell the, sell the time not the products on your demo landing page. Now, if you think about a piece of content, or whether you gate it or not, you've got a landing page for uh, an ebook, and all your copy is there, designed to get someone to convert to download the thing that, that or whether whether they put their information in or just download it. And with for some reason, businesses think a little bit differently with a, with a demo page. And they actually still skip to selling the products. And if you look at a lot of demo request landing pages, the copy is all about the products. It's not about the time. And you're selling the time, not the not the products. You still you still got a date. You know, you're not you're not ready to sort of no one's ready to sort of marry or kind of get engaged at that point yet. You know, it's it's you you, you know, sell the time, talk about what somebody's gonna get on that 30, 40, 50 minute demo, not about the products, you know, it's obviously there's going to be a relation there, but just, you know, sell the time, not the, not the products. Well, there's clearly interest in the product or else they wouldn't be on the demo page. I think at that point, the person's decided they want to reach out. If they're looking for more product information, they would, they would look probably under services or offering or features or integrations with it too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just think, you know, you, you can, you know, I think there's, there's a, there's definitely a relation there, but just, just think, you know, it, it's, you, you know, the offer of that demo landing page is to get someone on a call and you want to sort of make sure that you're kind of, you know, why would they give up 30 minutes to sort of have, you know, and obviously they're going to be a lot more committees because they've, you know, they've, they've you know, there's, they know a lot more about your product. They probably think you're a good fit for solving some of their problems. At that point, they're shortlisting the vendors. So yes, there's obviously a lot more intention from 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 that from, from the prospect at that point. But yeah, still think about the time that you're selling, not just a demo. I like that. I like that. I think that's a good it's a good way to approach it and think about it. The other side is probably also driving just more traffic 
to your so to your pages. Yeah, so when that's that's the sort, then there's there's I, I think you know we're, we're again we're going going all the way to the sort of front now, and I think that it starts with optimizing the websites, you know, and I think that one thing that SaaS companies have, have got really good at is I, I look at a lot of websites and they do a pretty good job of optimizing the website, making sure there's call to actions in the right places, the header, the footer on relevant blog posts, other landing pages and within content. But yeah, just make sure everything's really well optimized. Your website, your social channels, uh, you know, leverage LinkedIn well, um, have the book a demo in your business page, you know, have your sellers create a creator profile on LinkedIn and, you know, use that link on their personal profile. So you sort of really trying to sort of drive awareness on all, all of your social networks, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, you need as much real estate that you get with those platforms to drive awareness of those calls to action. I think sometimes when we talk about this, it can seem like we're over-optimizing and we're going to have demo buttons everywhere. But really, you think from a prospect's point of view that they're, they're probably a little bit blind to some of these things. So I think it's really just make those things obvious. The other thing I would do is to really think about optimizing the user journey on your websites, you know, bucketing your pages in, you know, you could number of ways you could do this, maybe very, very basically top, middle, bottom of the funnel, and then just mapping that, you know, the right calls to action with the right pages on your website so that you kind of, that can be blog posts. You know, you don't necessarily want to book a demo call to action on every single blog post, but certainly those case studies, more bottom, middle of funnel pages then, just make sure that you're really well optimizing all your pages. There are so many sites I've seen that just use book a demo as their only CTA anywhere on the website. It's such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Right. If someone is with their top of funnel content, they need to learn a little more. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring them through the journey. Yeah. Don't yeah. Just don't just walk in and propose right away. No, no, you know? exactly. Need a little wooing. We do need a little wooing. Outside. Everybody needs a little wooing. Everyone wants to feel nice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> with it awesome well this has been super informative thank you so much for sharing your information if people listening want to learn more about your services and what you do if they want to book a demo with you where do they go stephenmail.com that's it and they'll find the way perfect and we'll put all the links in the show notes below Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see everyone on the next episode great have a thank you